Dracula. I am Dracula. And I bid you welcome, Mr. Hart, to my heart. Come Our first award goes to the vampire for most blood drained in a single evening. The strength of the vampire is that people will not believe in him. evening my fellow vampire lovers the sun is going down and you know what that means it's time for me to record another episode of my podcast the beautiful dead as always i'm your host lena nazari and there are lots of ways you can reach out to me and trust me i love it when i hear from you guys so <clears throat> you can go to my website lenanazari.com you can find links to my social media on TikTok, I am at Beautiful Dead Podcast. On Twitter, at PA Beautiful Dead. And on Instagram, The Beautiful Dead Podcast. You can email me, that's Lena at lenanazari.com. And I'm actually going to ask a couple things from you guys uh, here in 2022. So before I do anything else, Happy New Year's to everybody. This is my first time actually recording in the new year. The last episode you heard, we recorded uh, prior to the holidays. So this is my first 2022 episode recording. Happy New Year's. I hope it's going well for you guys. But I have two things to ask of you. One... Would you please, if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast, like it, rate it, review it, share it with people. That's how new listeners find us. It's the best way for new listeners to find us. So if you haven't already, I ask you to do that. And then the second one is kind of fun. So go to Spotify and look for my playlist. It is Bite Shift Soundtrack. So it is me compiling songs that I would love to hear if Bite Shift ever got turned into a movie, it's sort of a dream of mine. <clears throat> so sorry, I have to keep clearing my throat. Uh, I'm drinking coffee right now because I'm downstairs and it's freezing. Anywho, I digress. Um, I'm sort of going to manifest this in 2022. I've started putting together songs that I've heard and thought, man, that would be great for this part in my book. So go to uh, Spotify and find that playlist. Again, it's Bite Shift soundtrack and um let me know songs that you think would be great if you've read the book uh and you hear a song and think man that would be really great for this part then hey shoot me an email and you might see that song added to the playlist so those are the two things i'm asking for you and and you know what while i'm at it why don't you guys go to my website take a look at the appearances that are coming up i will be at memento con in may and then I will be at the Supernatural Convention in Toronto. My first Canadian appearance will happen at the end of July. As a matter of fact, I have to go update the dates that are on my website because recently they have changed. So it will now be the end of July as opposed to the beginning of July. But uh, I'm looking at a bunch of appearances for the summer and the fall. If there's places that you guys would like me to visit, 
hey, shoot me an email and let me know and I'll take a look at it. Uh, once I graduate in May, I, I have some free time to go out and start seeing some people and I'm pretty excited. As a matter of fact, something else is going to be happening in May, and that will be the sequel to Bite Shift coming out. So the one thing that happened between the recording of the last episode and this episode is the sequel is finished. It is finished. It is currently in the hands of my editor. He's going to be reading it and then giving me some feedback and helping me clean it up. And then it'll be on its way to the publisher. So that will be out in May. So when you start seeing me at appearances in May, you should be able to also get the sequel. So before I get started, I also wanted to do two things. One, I wanted to give some shout outs. And two, I wanted to let you know there is a new segment that will be added to the end. And um, it was inspired specifically by this movie I'm about to review because I just thought that this segment was necessary and that is my thoughts. So at the end, if you want them, wait till the end and you'll get to hear my thoughts on the movie itself. So a little different from actually breaking down the vampires, but just my thoughts on the film itself. And then shout outs. I got to give some shout outs because I had to do some research on this one and you'll find out why here in a little bit. But shout out to Wikipedia, IMDb and the Blood Rain page on the fandom wiki. I needed them to help me fill in some gaps and you'll understand why as I start to review the movie. But big shout out to Mark. Mark emailed me. He's the one who asked me to do this. And while it was on my list for the future, I decided to pull it up to now since somebody asked me to do it. So just so you know, if you ask me to do something, I'll do it. And if you get a response, that's actually me responding. I respond to everyone who reaches out to me. So without further ado, let's go ahead and talk about Blood Rain, the 2005 movie based on a video game about vampires. So let's break it down. Let's start with the cast. We have Christiana Loken, who plays Rain. She is the uh, main character in all of this. Sir Ben Kingsley, who plays Kagan. Udo Kier, who plays a regal monk. Matt Davis, who plays Sebastian. Michael Madsen plays Vladimir. And Michelle Rodriguez plays Katerin. We've got some vampire crossovers, ladies and gentlemen. My favorite. We've got two. Udo Kier, who plays the monk in this, was Dragonetti in Blade. So there's one vampire crossover. And Matt Davis, I think we all know, was Alaric in the Vampire Diaries. So when he walked on the screen, I gave, I gave a little audible shout. I was so excited to see him. So if you ever wonder what Alaric would look like with a mullet, watch this movie. Okay, so I am actually going to read a summary of the movie before we get into breaking down the vampires because there is a lot happening. There's a lot not explained. So why don't we just go ahead. I'm going to read this summary. It's right from Wikipedia. And then we'll start to break down what's happening in this universe of Blood Rain. So rain is a damp fear. We've talked about this before on this podcast. A damp fear is half vampire, half human. She is the daughter of the vampire king, Kagan, who has gathered an army of thralls, both vampire and human, in order to annihilate the human race. 
She was conceived when Kagan raped her mother, and she later witnessed him killing her when she rejected his advances. Sebastian, Vladimir, and Katerin are three members of the Brimstone Society, a group of warriors sworn to fight vampires. They hear of a carnival freak who may be a damn fear, so Vladimir plans to recruit her in order to kill Kagan. Kagan is also hunting for her, fearing that she will interfere with his plans. Rain escapes captivity at the carnival when her keeper tries to rape her. On the road, she encounters and saves a family being attacked by vampires. A fortune teller reveals to Rain that Kagan has become the most powerful vampire in the land and resides in a well-protected castle. She tells Rain that Kagan is seeking ancient talismans, a mystical eye, and if she finds it, it would allow her to gain an audience with him. Rain sets out to the monastery where it is hidden and finds it. Rain shelters for the night at the monastery and later sneaks away to where the talisman is guarded by a hammer-wielding, deformed monk, whom she kills. The talisman is further protected by booby traps, and when Rain lifts it from the pedestal, the chamber floods with holy water. As Rain hangs from the ceiling to avoid the water, the talisman falls from the box, but she catches the eyeball. Examining it closely, the eye magically becomes absorbed into her own eye, and when she falls into the water, she is somehow unaffected by it. When she leaves the chamber, the monk explains that the artifact is one of three body parts which came from an ancient vampire called Belial, who found a way to overcome the weaknesses of a vampire. The eye overcomes holy water, the rib overcomes the cross, and the heart overcomes sunlight. When Belial died, the parts of his body were hidden across the land. As Kagan desires all these parts in order to assume Belial's power, it becomes the hero's mission to stop him. <clears throat> I'm going to stop here and just say something I should have said 10 minutes ago. Spoiler alert! For those of you who haven't listened to the podcast, massive, massive spoiler alerts. I'm going to ruin everything, so just be ready. All right. Rain is brought to the headquarters of the Brimstone Society, and they agree to work together to kill Kagan. Katerin does not trust Rain and betrays Brimstone to her father, Elric, who has fallen in league with Kagan, but seeks to betray him and gain power for himself. The location of the heart talisman is known to Katerin as her grandfather is the one who hid it in a water-filled cave. She seeks it out, but Rain kills her and takes it. With the talisman, Rain attempts to gain an audience before Kagan, but he realizes the heart, but he takes the heart and throws her into the dungeon. He plans to extract the eye as part of a ritual. He realizes too late that Rain had only given him an empty box and not the heart. Sebastian and Vladimir intervene, battling Kagan and his minions but both are fatally wounded, leaving Rain in a final battle against Kagan. As Sebastian dies, he fires a final bolt from his crossbow, but Kagan is too quick and is able to catch it. Rain is able to summon her last reserves of strength and plunge the bolt into his heart. The battle ends and Sebastian chooses to die rather than let Rain save him. Rain seats herself in Kagan's throne and reflects on the events that led to her father's death. Rain then leaves the castle and rides off into the mountains.
So let's go ahead and break down the vampires of Blood Rain. Let's start with appearance. These vampires appear human, but when they're aroused by hunger or fear or rage, they vamp out. And when they vamp out and when they're in full vampire form, they have this pronounced brow and cheekbones and their eyes are more hollowed out. They have grayish skin, yellowing eyes, and then their fangs are out. So think about the vampires in the TV version of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. When they shift, that's what these vampires look like. The damn fear, however, always looks human. Even when her fangs are out, she maintains a human appearance. The fangs are two long canines, just like I like to see, and they are retractable and they are controllable because at one point she's at a dinner with the Brimstone Society and a little boy asks her, can I see your teeth? So she opens her mouth and lets them drop and then retracts them, you know, to the much to the boy's delight. Um, blood is a huge factor in this. We see a lot of blood in this movie. The vampires are only seen drinking from live humans. However, Rain does drink animal blood. She actually um, says that she doesn't crave human blood, but she's also seen biting and drinking from vampires. So um, I don't know if the vampires feed from animals also and from each other also. But we do see Rain do it, and we do see a lot of um, vampires drinking from humans and live humans at that. They are never seen eating food. So I don't know if they can eat food in this universe, but I'm going to assume not. As far as sunlight goes, both the damp fear and the vampires have to avoid sunlight. One vampire is actually seen killed using the sun. Uh, and when she's being rescued, Rain is wrapped in a blanket to avoid the sun. However, like I said, whoever gets the heart of Belial can then be out in the sun. They get immunity to the sun. As far as sleeping, as long as they're out of the sun, I'm guessing the vamps can sleep anywhere. We never see coffins. Uh, at the Brimstone Society, Rain sleeps in a bed down in their prison area. When in the freak shows, she sleeps in a cage. We see one of the vampires, I believe his name was Leonid in a bed so i'm assuming as long as they're out of sunlight they can sleep anywhere the religious items do play a part in this we don't always see that uh, however she is always immune to religious items because rain is given a cross in the beginning of the movie that she wears for most of the movie but the other vampires apparently are affected by religious items because they're trying to find this rib of belial so that they aren't affected by crosses anymore uh, as far as rules, the only rule I caught in this relates to water, which we're going to talk about now. In this world, they can't cross running water. Now, that is an old, old, old myth. That comes out of Dracula. But they take this a little bit further. So Vladimir, when they rescue Rain and they're on this like lake or river or whatever, to, they're on a ship to cross over to this tiny island where they are housed. He says crossing this water would kill her if she were full vampire. So apparently crossing a wa crossing water will kill you as a vampire. So it's not just that you can't do it. It would actually kill you. But they take it even further. In this universe, vampires are burned by water and it doesn't even have to be holy water. If you throw water on a vampire in this universe, it's like acid. They couldn't walk into rain. They couldn't fall into like 
water, I, I'll talk about this later, the whole water thing, but the rule in this universe is no water, can't cross water, can't be touched by water, nothing, no water. Other than that, I didn't catch any rules like, you know, vampires have to be invited in or any of that kind of stuff. Let's talk about their powers. In this world, they're, they're immortal unless, unless killed. They have super strength and they have healing abilities. So we actually, I found this on the um, fandom page. So thank you to whoever wrote this because I had to do a lot of research to understand what was going on. It says, vampires possess very strong bones and tough skin and are capable of recovering from any projectile wounds, burns, or lacerations at an unnatural rate. However, vampires can still be felled by impalement, loss of body tissue, complete obliteration of their body, incineration, decapitation, or exanguination. Older, more powerful vampires can recover from torso impalements and are impervious to blades and gunfire. Only sunlight and water can kill them. We actually see rain get cut multiple times and then heal those wounds immediately just by drinking goat's blood. So that is a power they have. That's it. We don't see like mesmerization or anything like that. We don't see flying. So that seems to be their powers. Let's talk about how they're made. So this is something else that I had to do research on because it is never explained in the movie. So there are two types. We, we already talked about damn fears, right? They are a product of human and vampire intercourse. So let's just talk about vampires in this universe. There's two types apparently. There are full-blooded vampires and there are turned vampires. So full-blooded vampires are born vampires from two vampire parents. Every individual is almost always unique with special abilities and attributes that are inherited by one or both parents. They're immortal by nature. Uh, some individuals can overcome certain weaknesses naturally, though it is very rare without supernatural aid. Now let's talk about turned vampires. These are the ones we're used to. They are not born, but instead are humans who have been transformed into a vampire by a process of swapping blood with a full-blooded vampire. So a turned vampire cannot turn a human into a vampire. Only full-blooded vampires can make turned vampires. Um, often they are minions to their superior vampiric masters, and some change into grotesque, powerful vampiric beasts that are called foremen or brutes. All right. How do they die? This is the usual stuff here. So daylight. Uh, true to mythical origins, vampires are burned by the direct touch of sunlight. This process usually results in vampires spontaneously combusting upon exposure. And we see them sort of burst into flames and then they end in just ash and steam. It's never revealed if the vampires develop a degree of tolerance for the sunlight as they age or depending on their bloodline, uh, but all vampires of all lineages have some type of lethal photosensitivity. And it says that even synthesized ultraviolet light can cause similar effects. So a tanning bed and it's all over. Holy items, we talked about this. Um, vampires are unholy creatures and as such they can't get close to or make contact with holy symbols and then we already talked about uh, staking decapitation incineration or massive blood loss so if you're exsanguinated and you can't get blood you're done for and then 
the one that I can't stand, the water thing. Water burns their skin like acid. I, I don't, I don't understand, but we'll get to that. Are they good or are they bad? Damp fear excluded. We're not going to talk about her. We're just going to talk about the vampires. We do not see a good vampire in this movie. They are portrayed as greedy, gluttonous, power-hungry killers. We see Kagan raping women uh, when they say no. Then later he murders her. He's on the hunt for his own daughter with the intention to kill her. We see them hunt in public. We see them hanging humans from chains just to drain them and treating them like property. And as a matter of fact, Sebastian chooses death over any kind of vampire rescue. Even if it's a half vampire, he, he doesn't want it. He'd rather die. So we can assume all vampires in this world are bad. Let's talk about tropes I love and tropes I hate. So as much crap as I've talked about the movie so far, there are some things that I do love. I love the idea of born vampires. This is not unique to Blood Rain. We see it in Blade. We see it in Underworld. We see it in Black Dagger. We saw it, uh, the Black Dagger Brotherhood. Uh, for those of you who haven't read it, amazing books. Uh, we saw it in Vampire Academy. So we've seen it in many, many things. I love the idea of like uh, vampire families, born vampires. I also love the idea of a vampire hunting society. Uh, we see that in Vampire Diaries, so people are born hunters. Um, we've seen it where they have like a whole brotherhood of hunters. I just love that idea. Um, we, we know that in this universe, vampires are actually known because there's a scene very early where Sebastian's like in the town square and he's talking to a vendor and he realizes that the vamp next to him is... Uh, or the man next to him is a vampire because, and this is something I actually can't believe I forgot to talk about, in the rules, uh, they don't cast reflections in this universe. So he notices the man next to him doesn't cast a reflection. He just pulls out a stake and stakes him right in front of the vendor. And the vendor even says, like, I love you brimstone guys because you don't leave a mess. Um, and I also like when vampires disintegrate into ash as opposed to like blowing up in a gory mess like we see in uh, True Blood. I do like that. That's a trope I like. Let's talk about tropes I hate. So this is technically not a trope because I've never seen this. And guys, please reach out to me if this is used in other things. But as far as I know, it's not. This whole water thing, I don't get it, okay? I, it's fine if you want to have vampires not being able to cross water. Like I said, that is classic. That's old. That's been around for a very long time. Um, but the fact that they can't be touched by water, I hate that. I, it's so dumb and it doesn't make any sense. It's not holy water. It's not laced with garlic or spelled by a witch. It's just water. Why? It's, it's so dumb and useless. I don't get it. I hate that. Hate it. In case you didn't understand, I hate that. And also, yep, the vampires hiss when they bear fangs. <laughs> so you guys know how I feel about that trope. I don't understand the hissing. I see it in other things too. I just, I, I just don't like it. Let's go ahead and rate the vampires of Blood Rain. Everybody's favorite part. 
Let's talk about it. How scary or evil are the vampires of Blood Rain? I thought long and hard about this one. As you know, I take these ratings very seriously. It is hard to not just throw a one rating at them because I didn't like this movie. I had to take a step back and look at this objectively. So let's break it down. They are ruthless creatures. We see them hunt, rape, chain, drain, and kill a lot of humans. The battles are very brutal. They don't care who is in their path when they want something. Kagan is able to get brimstone hunters to turn on their own society and murder children. So these are ruthless beasts. They are strong, fast, and hard to hunt. So I'm going to give them a solid six out of 10 stakes to the heart for being scary and evil. They are a problem for humans. Definitely. I mean, they require a whole society of hunters. So these are, these are strong, able vampires. They lose points for the following. They're so focused on their own missions and power struggles that it can cause blind spots. It causes them to make dumb decisions because they're so hyper-focused on what they want. They are held back by the sun and they can't get wet. It's not like I have to be a warrior who's trained from birth with weapons forged by the greatest of sword makers in order to kill these vampires. I could literally carry around a spray bottle to stop a vampire like a cat on a kitchen counter. Just spray him in the face with regular old water, splash a puddle at him, and I'm good. Sorry, guys, but I, you're not getting any higher than a six if you can't take a shower. All right, let's move on to the next one. How sexy or alluring are the vampires of Blood Rain? These vampires, when they are full vamp, are not sexy. But sex is clearly a motivator for them. One vampire, I, I, I can't think of his name, I'm so sorry, but he's played by Meatloaf, who's one of my favorite people. This guy is literally surrounded by prostitutes at all times. There is a sex scene between Rain and Sebastian that could have been pretty hot. It's up against the bars with like torches all around them. It's rough and sexy, but it went on for too long. It kind of ruined the sexiness of it. These vampires have no allure. They're brutal even in their sexual appetites. There's no sexual pull from there that's like in a hot way. It doesn't make humans desire them as they walk through the door. Everything about these vampires is, I want it, so I'm gonna take it. So these vampires get a three out of 10 onks for sexiness. Not the lowest score I've ever given, but nowhere near the sexiest vampires we have ever seen. And that is it for my ratings. I would like to move on to our new portion of the episodes called My Thoughts, because <laughs> I had to talk about this. So no offense to anybody who was involved in the making of this movie, and please, no offense to anyone who loves this movie, but it was horrible. Like many movies that are based on video games, there was so much information thrown at the audience with the assumption that we already knew other things. 
I recently just went and watched Resident Evil with my daughter. Now her and I both love Resident Evil. We've played the games. So we watched the Welcome to Raccoon City as somebody who already knew all the information from the game. And so for us, it was enjoyable. It was nostalgic, it was fun, but I could see how for somebody who had never played the games, how bad that could have been. And then I watched this movie and I got to have that experience. I was experiencing a movie just as a movie with knowing nothing about the video games. And to me, it, it was, poorly edited, it was disjointed, the story was so rough that it was confusing. The fact that I had to spend an hour and a half watching the movie and then another hour doing research just to understand makes that a poorly written movie. The writing is awful. I feel bad for the actors because there's no way to make this a good movie with that script. It was terrible. I'm actually shocked that they were able to make two more sequels. This movie cost $25 million to make and it brought in less than four. So I, I'm surprised the other two were even created. I also couldn't believe they got Sir Ben Kingsley to do this movie. So in my research, I found something interesting. Someone asked him, why would you do it? And he said, to be honest, I've always wanted to play a vampire with the teeth and the long black cape. Let's just say my motives were somewhat immature for doing this. So Sir Ben Kingsley, if my book ever gets turned into a movie, I would love to have you come play a vampire in my movie the right way. This was not the right way to play a vampire. I actually feel bad for you that you had a dream of playing a vampire and this was your opportunity. So please if we if we ever turn bite shift into a movie call me we'll we'll write you something really cool the setting was also very confusing it was supposed to be 18th century romania and again i had to do research to understand that but some of the actors are in like these medieval costumes but then some of them wear something that looks almost almost like 18th century french court it was very confusing then some of the actors have american accents and some have these like vague british ones that come and go it's just sloppy so much of this movie has to be blindly accepted for it to work you can't question anything to be able to actually accept this movie now it is super cool that it was shot in romania they were at corvin castle fargaris castle and bran castle uh, which is Dracula's castle, if you guys don't know. They were in Transylvania, Brazov, and Bucharest. And these were all places that were on my paid-for, ready-to-go trip that got shut down because of freaking COVID. So I was, I would have done this movie just to see those places. I'm going to be honest. But So that part was cool. But other than that, there was just no redeeming qualities to this movie at all. So it, for fun, before I wrap this up, I have to read some of my favorite titles from some reviews that were written by people who watched the movie and then wrote reviews on IMDb. Like all movies, no matter how bad, there's always people who love it and stood up for it and think it's amazing. But most of the reviews were bad and some of the titles of the reviews were so amazing, I have to read them out loud. So if you wrote this review and you're hearing this, please shoot me an email because I would love, I would love to know that you heard this, some of these titles. So let's do this. <clears throat> 
cheesy trash. That's it, straight to the point. Some things should just stay in the dark. <laughs> so good. This one I love. Rain, rain, go away. <laughs> Curiosity killed the cat. One of them's titled, Oh, come on, what did you expect? Question mark, exclamation point. This one says, Lots of fake blood can't save a silly story. It's so true. And guys, if you have watched this movie, you will understand that I think most of that $25 million went into fake blood. It was so over the top. One of them is called Utter Nonsense. Right to the point. Like it. Another baby step towards mediocrity. <laughs> Watchable but requires beer. Lots of beer. <laughs> and my favorite, this review was titled, Torture Would Be More Fun. <laughs> so there it is. And uh, another thing I noticed when I was doing my research was all of the uh, awards that it was uh, nominated for. And of course, they were all like not awards you want to win, like worst movie, worst actor. But one of them, one of the awards it was nominated for is um, not so special special effects. <laughs> oh, gosh. So there it is, everybody. My review of Blood Rain. Thank you again, Mark, for asking me to do this. I'm sorry if you love this movie. Uh, I, I hope we can still be friends. Um, Thank you. Please continue to send me your requests for the movies you'd like me to do. Again, Happy New Year. I hope that 2022 is doing you guys well and you're having a good beginning to the year. As always, I love you guys. I love being able to do this. I love seeing you at conventions. Please uh, send me an email and tell me a city you'd like me to visit and I'll look around and see how doable it is or when I could possibly get there and I will let you know. Um, as I am updating appearances, I will be mentioning them on the podcast, but I will also be updating it on my website. Um, if you're not already, please subscribe to the podcast, rate and review it. Like I said, give it a, uh, a like, tell it to all your friends. Um, in the meantime, as I tell all of my fans, I wish you wicked hugs and bloody kisses. Good evening.